A lot of you have a very bleak view on where our country is headed. Some of you envision some doomsday dystopian future that looks a lot like this. Still others, something like this. I think this one, that's obviously going to be the winner right there. It's not for this council to play God! Who says politics is boring? And maybe even something like this. All right, the last one was ridiculous. Uh, as for me, I really do think some darker days are ahead. Rifle 2 is critical stuff. Whereas Rifle 1 is really focusing on some baby building block stuff. It's just simple ready-ups, it's reloads, it's stoppages, it's getting to know your gun and being able to interact with it in an efficient manner. Rifle 2 picks up and says, all right, now that we've shot some targets for speed and accuracy, let's imagine a three-dimensional battlefield. So we're gonna have movement, cover concealment, the timing, and being able to marry some of those skills with a movement and gunfighting philosophy that's gonna help you prevail in battle. I'm trying to prepare you not just for range commando stuff, I'm trying to prepare you to win fights and to not get killed. Thanks again for tuning in. Train hard and train smart. I really do think we're headed towards some really, really dark days. And so I want to be prepared, but I also want to do everything I can to pump the brakes before we just drive over a precipice. I came across a quote, and you guys have got to hear it. It's more than a quote. It's kind of like a little bit of a story, and you'll like it. I know some of you are anti-reading uh, because... Movies like Avengers exist now, and so books are old. So hang with me. I promise the payoff is worth it. Here we go. This is by a dude named G.K. Chesterton. Ugly is a troll, but the man's brain was incredible. So here we go. Suppose that a great commotion arises in the street about something. Let us say a lamp post, which many influential persons desire to pull down. A gray-clad monk who is the spirit of the Middle Ages, is approached upon the matter, and he begins to say in the arid manner of schoolmen, let us first consider, my brethren, the value of light, if light be in of itself good, and at this point, he is somewhat excusably knocked down. All the people make a rush for the lamppost, and the lamppost is down in ten minutes. And they go about congratulating each other in their unmedieval practicality. But as things go on, things don't work out so easily. Some people have pulled the lamppost down because they wanted the electric light. Some because they wanted an old iron light. Some because they wanted darkness because their deeds were evil. Some thought it not enough of a lamppost. Some too much of one. Some acted because they wanted to smash municipal machinery. And some because they wanted to smash something. And there's war in the night. No man knowing whom he strikes. So gradually... And inevitably, today, tomorrow, or the next day, there comes back the conviction the monk was right after all, and all that depends on what is the philosophy of light. Only what we might have discussed under the gas lamp, we now must discuss in the dark.
There, there's a, a war of different ideas out there. You believe something, I believe something a little bit different, or maybe it's very, very different. But what's a really, really good and positive thing is something that's guaranteed by our Constitution, the freedom of speech, that I can say my ideas regardless of how horrible they sound to you, and you can say yours as well, and the government is not allowed to shut us down. We're allowed to speak our peace as we see it, both in the matters of politics and religion and all that stuff, and that's a good thing. Now, it also requires a certain amount of maturity in that hopefully there's some semblance of that little kid in me that was taught that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But now we've become so pathetically weak as a culture and as individuals that words and microaggressions and hate speech can so utterly crush someone that they find it justifiable to literally cancel other people, to shut down their opinions, to ban them and to censor them because their ideas are far too hard for them to cope with. What it means is that we have become so weak that we need safe spaces. We need the whole world to become far more sensitive because our delicate constitutions are so terribly weak, we can't actually survive. Now, to many of you, that's going to sound harsh, but just as a guy who just really loves history, I can look back on all the centuries before us and be like, man, it is just a war to stay alive to survive. And most of the world knows that struggle where they're, they're farming hard with early days and l working late until the sun drops and just collapsing in exhaustion, hoping that your village doesn't get raided and your, your property plundered and your wives raped and your children killed. And I'm not exaggerating. That's the ancient world. That's the, that's the Middle Ages. That, that's up through the birth of the nations and the warring among nations. The bloodiest century of all time was the 20th century, and yet us in the United States, we sit protected by vast oceans and the greatest military the world's ever seen, and an immense prosperity. And so we have the time, the wealth, and the security to imagine the world as a really, really safe place. So what we have is forces without, and we have this crippling uh, poison within that's weakening us as forces around us grow stronger and we ourselves grow weaker. And the most damning of all is the public discourse is breaking down. Everyone seems so ticked off that we just want to rip down all the old because we're so pissed and no one can even really understand why. It's like we everywhere we look, we see fence posts, and what we don't want is to be shackled and hemmed in, and so we tear down a, t a fence post. G.K. Chesterton, though, has taught us don't tear down a fence post until you first decided why it was put up. Now, people have spent their lives in the past and all of their brilliance and all their imagination surviving to pass on some age-old principles, and I get that the day and age right now, we want progress and progressivism, and it's a good, good thing to look on the sins of of the past and want to correct them. What I take huge issue with is destroying anything that looks traditional and historical because you don't like it. It holds you back. It makes us feel unfree. What I liken us to now is just raging against everything in the past that we don't understand. We're in a sense turtles that look on our shells and say, look at how unfree we are. And we escape the shell just to be destroyed a few feet down the road. 
That's what we're going for right now in destroying all semblance of the past uh, by rejecting all tradition, by saying our parents got everything wrong rather than our parents got some things wrong. A big distinction. We're making war on every type of authority, everything in the past, everything of tradition, and I can't believe that I, John Lovell, have become such a curmudgeon. I sound ancient. But it, it's, it's the craziness that's pushed me to be like, all right, our grandparents and our parents and our forebears, they actually had some really good points about some stuff. All this reminds me of a George Orwell quote, and this was in his seminal work, 1984, written many, many decades ago. So when you hear this quote, you're going to be thinking, oh, that, that's somebody written today about now. And I'm like, no, this is someone who called the ball looking forward and, and seeing the landscape. Let me see if I can remember it. I've memorized the quote. Uh, every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book has been rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and every street building has been renamed. Every record has been altered. And it's been continuing like this, day to day, minute by minute. History has stopped. All that exists is a never-ending present in which the party is always right. I know I missed a couple words in there, but it's from memory, and I memorized the quote because I felt like, man, that nails today more than ever. Because there is an ideology that wants to literally rip down and destroy our statues, that wants to look back in history, and whether it's our founders or it's other people that have been elevated by people at the times and people after them and said, hey, these folks had a great contribution, but now when we look back, we just know one or two kind of words as racist or whatever, and we ascribe to them, and we don't really know or acknowledge any of the good contributions. And so when you feel yourself of looking back of like, how could they possibly look up to that person? Well, if you don't know the answer, it's because history has been removed and rewritten for you, and all that exists is the ideological party right now, that party line, that this person is evil. What's happened is propaganda. The statues are being taken down. History is being rewritten. And if you can, as Karl Marx would say, the first battleground is the rewriting of history. And what he says is that the only way we can change our identity of the people now is to rewrite the past. And then you can rewrite the present however you want. That's why Orwell also would point it out. He who controls the past controls the future and he who controls the present controls the past. Folks, listen to me. I get that progress is a good thing. I like progress. But if we destroy all the tradition and the history that came before us, we lose identity in the present and everything is going to be destroyed. You can't possibly remove the foundation of a building without the entire building falling in and of itself. Guys, I would love to be able to say, and this is what we do about it. But I'm watching all this play out and everyone just seems so pissed. The public discourse is breaking down where you have this war against anything that's old and traditional. Anything established that was good in the past is now being rewritten and dismissed in the name of progress. It's leftism ideology destroying everything. I don't know what in the world to do about it, but I do know that if we can't see it clearly for what it is and hold on to the values that can kind of anchor us as well, of God, family, 
culture, doing what's right, standing up to mobs and being bold and courageous and loving protectors. In effect, our entire warrior poet society is a declaration against the destruction of everything as we rally together as fellow poets wanting to be forces for good in a world that seems on fire. And that's you and I. And I don't have a real big action point other than to say of grow as individuals and hopefully that tide rises all ships. We as individuals are corrupt and are shocked when our governments mirror that corruption. But enough of us, little lights spreading and growing can possibly be a, a more and more a force for good in a world that has completely lost their compass and direction. So this is just a big thank you for being who you are. Continue to grow as individuals because other than that, other than having these conversations... I, I don't know what to do. I will pray for you and myself and our nation in general. But regardless of the next election and the election after that, the ideology that is poisoning the well seems to be spreading and growing. And I think it is a philosophy of death. Not to be too dramatic. Please remember to like, comment, share, uh, subscribe to our channel, hit the notifications bell to all. And uh, I'll see you next time.